you are a Rocky fan, this is a must-see documentary by the greatest Rocky interpreter in the world. My mother, she would say to me, you know, what are you going to do with yourself, Michael? What are you going to do? There's nothing that just hit me that I wanted to do. I wanted to be Rocky. That's what I wanted to be. I, I did try. I had like 25 or 30 jobs. I wake up, I hit the ground running every day of my life. He was becoming better at his fantasy. You go home at the end of the day, can you live with yourself? Did you do the best that you could? And that's the message I got when I was a kid. Setting ourselves up here is something special. Our next guest is a uh, very funny gentleman making his debut with us tonight, and he will be performing all next week at the 25th Annual Montreal Comedy Festival. Please welcome Joe Matarese. Please welcome back uh, stand-up comedian Joe Matarese. Please welcome Joe Matarese, everybody. Joe Matarese. Here's a sign you're getting old, and I knew I was getting old. When you go to an empty bar and you go, I love this place. <laughs> Episode this is my uh it's gotta be at least episode three. <laughs> Do you know what episode it is? I'm gonna take a wild guess and say lucky number seven. Is it seven? I believe it is. And that's an appropriate number. Why is that an appropriate number for Rocky fans? Lucky seven. Ooh, yeah, that's the bar. That is the bar. That is the bar. That's the take a shot bar. Number seven was my favorite number growing up. I always picked I could, seven I could in Little that. League. Yeah, I could see that. That's a pretty, it's a pretty cool Ooh. number. As George Costanza says, it's also a good number for a son. <laughs> you know whose number it was in baseball? Well, you're not a big sports guy. Uh, baseball so is the thing with the, the, the long stick and the little ball, right? Who's the most famous number seven? Mickey Mantle. There you go. You did know that. Mickey Mantle. I play stupid on sports. There was a time in my life where sports was somewhat of a guiding force. Um, I, I had been raised on the Pittsburgh Steelers, really. My dad had been a Giants fan for decades. But the Giants hadn't done very much, so... Uh, at this particular point and of course the Steelers were just eating up the 70s and early 80s and so you know that was that was what I knew and then I got out of it then I discovered girls and then I figured I needed a car which then I needed a job to get a gar car to get the girls but I got the job no problem uh, I got a clunker no problem never got the girl <laughs> until many years later so go figure so Don't follow my logic well, speaking of your dad, <clears throat> should we talk about this on this episode, or did you run this by your dad? 
No, not yet. We may have to wait on that. Oh, God, yeah, we're going to yeah. tease the hell out of the fans. Yeah, yeah haven't, haven't crossed that bridge yet, but I will. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, let's fade our little intro music out. Even though, you know what? Maybe I should give you a little music because you're good at the plugs. And you, you need a couple of plugs. What do you think we should plug here at the top of uh, episode seven, Mike? Uh, what should we plug here? Well, we got to plug... We got to plug our Patreon page. That's 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 number one. You know, um, we're really trying hard to get um, get a, a specific project up and going, uh, a writing, filming thing going on. And I think Patreon is going to be a big part of that. But more than that, more than that, we really have some great things planned for our Patreon subscribers. And if you're a Rocky fan, you are going to love what we got coming up. And we're not going to say it just yet. We'll save that for the end of the episode after that'll be the big reveal. Really? So page- I don't even know so- the reveal. All right. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I think you should also plug the new Facebook uh, fan page that we put up there. That's right. That <laughs> so we, we that I'm having new- trouble figuring out even how yeah. to find it. So I, I did a Facebook page on my Facebook. It's a fan page for From Pretender to Contender where we could focus specifically on that and build a following where all of people who listen to us maybe could interact with each other and, and talk and, and tell their stories and so on. And it's, a, it's just a great way, I think, to reach out and, and, and touch people in a, in a fun way. So I got it going, no problem. But the problem is I'm trying to bring Joe in as an administrator because I'm not really good with it. I'm not quite as creative as Joe is with all that stuff. So I, I, he's underpending. I can't get him to be a full-on administrator or even an editor. He can upload stuff. So if anybody has any quite or any any fixes to this, please email us or uh, let us know or or um, you know. That'd I don't know. What great. am I trying to say? We're yeah. saying what am I we, need, to say? we need somebody who's really savvy with Facebook. We like you know, I have like eighty-one hundred. Uh, likes on my facebook fan page for my comedy career i'd like to be able to invite all of those people easily and bring them over to the pretender to contender fan page but i can't figure out a way to do that so anyone who's a freaking facebook genius we'll even pay you to do it because it's like we we really want to have a nice little uh, fan page for you guys all to interact Mm -hmm. i know there's a way to do something called discord with patreon which is like a message board where everybody can talk and you can have these big things. And uh, yeah, um, we're not going to do, it doesn't look like we're going to do a discord. We want that kind of all to exist on um, our fan page on Facebook. Someone told me people don't like Facebook. Have you heard that one, Mike? Yeah. A lot of, uh, I, th- I think there's a lot of reasons why I think um, there's political issues there. Well, I what think is there, well, you know, there's a lot of the, 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 the Facebook has been, I, I don't think Facebook has clamped down as directly as they could about inaccurate material being on there. And so you have a lot of false stories going That's around. That's right, it stinks! It, it can stink. See, I don't notice it. I really don't see a lot of that because my world is pretty much Rocky-related online, so I don't really see a lot of the political stuff. I will, every once in a while, I will post an article or I will, um, I go and read things, but people are telling me they have all these political things on their Facebook wall. I don't have any of it. 
I, I don't know. I don't see any of it on Instagram. I don't either. I, I don't need it because that's not my world. What, what I'm focused on is all the Rocky stuff. And, and you know, I, I like throwing up funny videos that I come across to. Um, any any video where someone's getting hurt, falling off, they try stealing a bike, and they don't realize a, a rope is tied to the bike. And as they're going down a hill, the bike is held back, and they go flipping over. I mean, it's the funniest damn thing I've ever seen. I know seen. you love that. I know we have a guest today, a great guest for uh, Episode 7, which is Stacy. Stacy Burek, did I say it right? Burek, you did, you did. Stacy Burek, who wrote this uh, amazing script that uh, Mike turned me on to called uh, Adrian Balboa, and uh, how would you explain Stacy? I mean, she wrote the script about the uh, the in between of two of the Rocky movies. Yeah, 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 exactly right. So what happens between Rocky Five and Rocky Balboa? It's, um, I mean, we all know where Adrian ends up. We know that, but how did Adrian become Adrian? And there's uh, s- subtle flashbacks uh, with Adrian and Paulie growing up, and we see what their life was like, how abusive the father was, and we see uh, Rocky in training mode now, uh, trainer mode, I should say. We see the division between he and his son and, and an ultimate coming together of sorts. And uh, how uh, Paulie, Rocky, and Rocky Jr. deal with Adrian's passing, uh, and actual Adrian going through cancer. So it's a it's a, a beautiful, heartfelt script, and um, we uh, hopefully will remember to tell you all our little fun reveal that we're going to be doing uh, hopefully in the next two weeks uh, or three weeks at the latest. Yes, so that's coming, coming up. On. Yeah. So yeah, so Stacy will be uh, out here with us in a second. What I was going to say is I talked to you off podcast saying, you know, we could use some of the stuff that's on your social media in the podcast yeah. because so many of your people are involved in listening to this. Is right. there anything that is current? Is there any videos? Is there anything you can send me that, you know, that you go, oh, this would have worked on today's podcast? Because um, you make you these know. Rocky videos every day and I you, yeah. you made one. A couple days ago, I guess, where you're dressed up like Rocky and you're doing uh, the little Marie speech. Yeah, I did a little portion of that. So I, we could do like a fun little ad for the for the uh, pretender uh, contender. I uh, and I did some overlays and you turned me on to this app on the phone. And so I spent a few hours trying to get the logistics of that. And it was kind of cute and funny. And you put a little music there and it's 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 kind of silly. Do you um, have the that- do you have the video you could send to me? I could cut it right yeah. in right here. No, who was she? She was the little whore that hung down the atomic ogie shop. Oh, yeah, yeah, now, now I remember her. You see? They don't remember you. They remember the rep. And you got a boyfriend? Yo, you ain't got a boyfriend. Why? Why don't you think you ain't got a boyfriend? Because you're hanging out with those coconuts on the corner. You understand? You hang around coconuts, you get nowhere. They're lemons. Lemons. Nice people, you get nice friends. You understand? You hang around smart people, you get smart friends. You hang around with yo-yo people, you get yo-yo friends. You see? It's all mathematics. All right, uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> we'll be right back with Stacy Burek. I love this music, Joe. You've got to play this all the time. This is something, this has got to be a cascading effect on my cell phone when I wake up in the morning. 
Hi, everybody. Okay, so we are back from that uh, break. And with us today, we have Stacy Burek. Stacy, did I say your last name you right? You did. I did. Okay, we just spent 45 minutes uh, teaching me how to phonetically spell this because <laughs> I'm such an idiot. I hate when people get uh, people's last names wrong. Unlike my co-host, Joe Mattress, who has no issue with that. <laughs> no, I, I'm teasing with Joe because Joe knows how to say my last name. Unfortunately, he says it to aggravate me. So and he does a very good job at it. Uh, Stacy. You are an international famous writer. Are you not? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, right. We we strive for the most famous people on this podcast. I'm known worldwide. Yes. <laughs> you are. You are. OK, so those I don't there was only probably 12 people left on the planet that haven't heard of you. But had they not heard of you, um, Stacy in another life was a, a, a nurse who saved millions of people's lives. She was incredibly dedicated. Um, she is a mom, a wife. And where are you at right now? You're up in New Hampshire. Yeah, New Hampshire. Yeah, she's up there in New Hampshire. <laughs> where in New Hampshire are you? Um, in Nashua, which is Nashua. Massachusetts. Yeah. Ah, that's where Holly went when she left Michael on the I office. Have... Well, Stacy, you know, the reason you know, I, I wanted to have Stacy on here is because Stacy has a really unique insight into the Rocky franchise. Um, she wrote a script called Adrian Balboa, and it's, you know, Stacy, I'm going to let you take it from here for a little bit. Tell us about Adrian. Tell us why you wrote this. Mm -hmm. Tell us what it's about and what your hopes for the script are. OK, so. Um, between there's 16 years between Rocky five and six. And when um, when Rocky Balboa opens, Adrian's already passed of ovarian cancer and she's already gone. So I love don't get me wrong. I love Rocky Balboa. But to me, it was um, sort of unceremonious that all of a sudden she was just gone. Yeah. And um, I remember being in the movie, watching the movie before I left Rocky Balboa, I could see the whole thing. I could mm. see how awful that must have been for her to find out, um, you know, for her to be diagnosed, for her to decline. And then for Rocky to be facing a fight he can't win. You know, ovarian cancer, unfortunately, is an extremely devastating diagnosis. And as a nurse, I know that that's a that's a very devastating diagnosis. And um, so I just thought that would be one of Rocky's biggest challenges is to lose someone who was so influential in his life. And especially, especially considering that she's his gas pedal. You know what I mean? Like if, if she doesn't say win Rocky, win his yeah. training is like, you know, it's like half speed. And as soon as she says, go for it, he's like, you know, he's on overdrive. So it's like, how do you, how does he face that and move forward and still mm -hmm. have the drive? And, um, and I just, you know, I wanted to celebrate Adrian as a female. I wanted to celebrate Adrian. I think, I think women behind extremely successful men, you know, they do a million things that maybe nobody notices and they're the glue in many ways. And so I also wanted to highlight how she was the glue to Robert and to Polly and, you know, how right, her absence right. That's, initially affected them. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. And 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 not an not an easy adaptation, I would think, because when you think about it, Mike, you would probably agree is Adrian was such an important character in all the Rocky movies. But at the same time, 
she was a quiet character. It was a subtle character. There was like, you know, and, and Mike and I, when we started writing our play, we realized really fast when we started writing it that our wives had to be a huge piece of this play that we're connecting our lives to the Rocky story because not even because that's what Adrian represented. Um, it's true to our lives too. And I think it's a subtle reason why it's a very believable um, premise, super grabbing story that yeah. I think a lot of, well, all married guys can relate to, you know, our wives and that they're really the, the cement, you know, like I've told the story how I almost proposed to my wife when she organized my, uh, <laughs> my, uh, I had all, I had this drawer of like bills and it was just like a mess. And she's mess? like, yeah, she's like, why don't I organize your filing cabinet for you? And when she did it, I was like, I'm where's the ring? I love I you. Propose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's right, kind of right. what Adrian represents. So yeah, her, her dying and not being talked about, I can see where a woman who's a Rocky fan would really want to write a story about that. Yeah, yeah. Stacey. She's just, she's adorable. Yeah. And just, I mean, he put her on the map. You know what I mean? I, growing up next to Polly, anybody would feel, you know, as small as a bug, you know, and, and, I love the scene when, you know, in the pet store scenes and she's like, you know, kind of scurrying around the pet store, like, doesn't he know the rules? I don't exist. Why, <laughs> you know, why is, you know, she doesn't even know what to do with that kind of attention. And I just thought, I thought it was adorable um, the way he just, you know, yeah. so almost gave her, you know, an identity because Polly was so tough. Well, um, I don't know if I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate here because <laughs> I would guess that you and Mike, like I'm an, ins you, I have Rocky stuff all around my room. They're subtle. There's not a ton of it. There's some things, you know, I have the right. Rocky album over there. I have the bill, uh, the speech inside the Rocky sleeve where yeah. uh, Stallone talks about Bill Conti and his music and how yeah. amazing it was. And uh, I have some boxing gloves over here that have autographs on them. I'm trying to think what other... So I have some raw and you know, my second comedy special is called the posters wrong. So like, and I always have Rocky material sure. and I grew and I grew up near Philadelphia. Right. So, so I have a big Rocky connection, but to play devil's advocate a lot, I don't know if you guys would agree on this, but I feel like the Adrian character, Mike's going to hate that. I'm going to say this. This is going to, this is going to set him uh -oh. off. Steam's going to come out of his ear. No. Uh -oh. I feel like the Adrian character after the first movie lost the gusto. Like it was, she was so good in that first movie. There was so much meat. And like, as an actor, you, I guess you would call it like, um, what would you call this? Mike? Like where it's like, it's living in their face and like it's th that that uh like she became less central to it i don't know there's a word they use in like acting where it's like the story is there without them speaking like there's a lot of subtext to her you know she's wearing all the clothes she's really nerdy she <laughs> says she's he says she's shy there's a lot going on with her without her talking and okay. then as soon as she started to get better and like, if you notice when she starts to, you know, she's dressing nicer by the end when she's at the fight, she looks pretty, she looks, 
beautiful. She's pretty more lady. beautiful. It's coming through, right? She's yeah. not she's not as dysfunctional. She's not as broken. The character. I feel like the Adrian character that going into Rocky Two and Rocky Three, once she wasn't as broken, there wasn't as much for the for Adrian maybe as the actor to sink their grips into. There wasn't much for her. She she wasn't as fun to watch on screen. Do you guys feel that? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. I mean, number one, the movies. Are I love called... the first one because I feel like there's so I feel like everyone, every character is is so huge and so great in that first one. And I feel like the there's not as much story going on about them. You know, in Rocky 2, there is, I, maybe could, I like Rocky 2 a lot, too. Now that I'm wrong. Rocky 3, Rocky 4, Rocky yeah. 5, and then, you know, Rocky Balboa, she's gone. <laughs> How much acting do you want her to do in Rocky 2? She's in a coma. <laughs> no, but I'm saying there is a lot. I'm saying I just... She I, I'm contradicting myself. I'm yeah. saying in Rocky two, right, right, um, right. I, she, she there was a lot for her. I liked her there, but once she got like Rocky three, Rocky four, I feel like her storyline didn't have as much going on, and I feel like um, the movies became what would you call those movies? They're less indie film like. They're more like these action big Hollywood productions. Yeah, yeah, they're big Hollywood productions. They're not these subtle story-driven right. things mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. there's more action in them right, right. all right I, I have no idea what you're even talking about joe none of it is even making sense to me i think people do though uh, but who cares about those people <laughs> i don't care about them they got no i'm saying i'm connecting it to stacy's script that you're doing this, a bad job no this brought it back to brought it back to life it made her a big character again where she started to fall out of the storyline she didn't fall out of the storyline how could you say she fell out of the storyline if she is not healthy or complete or whatever rocky does nothing nothing right. happens everything happens because adrian is there no yeah. adrian no rocky too plus you got it see you, you're, you're too heavy-handed with that <laughs> to me to me you look at it as it, it, it's a moment it's a window into rocky and adrian's life so over the course of 30 years together 25 years however long they were together before she dies there are swings, highs and lows. And, you know, there are moments I can only base it in my own marriage with Sue for 30, our relationship for 32 years. There are moments where she's so critically influential. If I don't listen to her or if she doesn't stand her ground and say, no, this is the way it should be. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Now, right. she's not always like that because we don't always need that level of guidance. But in that moment, if Adrian doesn't come out of the coin, it, it's all Talia's um, her acting, the way she looks, her subtleness, the power of her subtleness in Rocky Two is to me, the earth cracks open with how strong she is in Rocky Two. Well, that's just my opinion. And I've I, only studied. But I did say Rocky for a Two a long time. But I mean, what do I know? I did. I did correct myself and say Rocky One and Rocky Two. All right. I'm yeah. saying like, you know, when you watch this and, and Stacy, you tell me if you agree. And, and I'm curious if this is what made you really want to write a story about Adrian is that it's like when you watch Seinfeld, there's four stories going on about mm -hmm. all the characters on mm -hmm. most of the great episodes of Seinfeld. I think in the first two Rockies, there's a big storyline going on with Rocky and Adrian. 
right? Both have big storylines. Even Paulie has a storyline going on. But then you hit Rocky three, Rocky four. The storyline is mostly Rocky. It's not, there isn't a big thing that's on the side happening with Adrian. I mean, maybe the whole, it becoming a big Hollywood production. And I don't know if MGM dictates a lot of how much of the storyline is Rocky in percentage to the other characters. I don't know if that was part of the influence. Mike would know um, that. I mean, sure. They, I do. they get involved in what the movie should be about, don't they? No, uh, not not until no, not until like Rocky Balboa did they put the the screws to to slide. Because remember, in Rocky Balboa, or I'm sorry, Rocky Five, they wanted to, uh, Stallone wanted to kill Rocky off. That was the premise. That's why everyone came together. That's why Avildsen came. Everybody came back to kill Rocky. And halfway through filming, it was like the producers called up Sly. You don't kill James Bond. You don't kill Batman. Sure. And you don't kill Rocky. Now, that was a good decision. And I'm glad they did that. I think Sly was in a zone where he couldn't see past that moment because he wanted to branch out and get away from Rocky. As an actor, I, I understand his point of view. I don't fault him for that. I'm just glad that was the final result. Right. You have to remember when Stallone is writing these movies, he's basing it off of his life's experiences. Rocky three was how. He becomes famous after Rocky one. Then he gets a, he does Paradise Alley and um, uh, uh, Fist and they don't do as well. So then he has to do Rocky two and then he comes back. He comes back with Rocky two and he comes back in Rocky two as Rocky. So to Joe's point, and I think it's a valid point. Um, the first movie is about their relationship and then you have the training and the boxing. Rocky two, you have more of their relationship and boxing and the training or training and then the boxing fight. Okay. Rocky three. Are we going to do more relationship, more training, more boxing? It's the same thing. At some point, even James Bond goes from a brunette to a blonde to a redhead. <laughs> it, it has to alter somehow. So what I also think went into this mix was Sylvester Stallone made a decision at this point in his career. Is he going to go down the Brando Pacino De Niro route or did he create something new and different? Because remember, at this point in Hollywood, in the early 80s, there was a emptiness in the action hero genre. Oh. And Stallone redefined all of that. Mm -hmm. And I, I think with Rocky three, he takes drama and action and fuses it. I think Rocky three is still a incredible rocky movie then you get to rocky four and so much of the emotion has been taken out of it he's so far removed from rocky and adrian in 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 rocky and rocky two i don't you don't even recognize the character really and that and this isn't even a critique this is there's a reason why sylvester's recutting rocky four Right. Trust me, there's a reason. So he wants to make it more soulful. So my whole point is this is an evolution. And that was the evolution slide chose. Now, I, Joe, I can't say you're wrong. It's how you feel. Who am well, I to tell another you point, another feel? point, I think, fits Stacy's script is that what and what kind of to what you said. And you realize it, especially as a comedian, because how things change. Like when I look at my clips from 15, 20 years ago, I can't imagine. I can't. It's amazing when I see what I'm talking about. 
right? And I'm like, you can't even talk about this on stage now without making a crowd uncomfortable. So it's the same with a movie, whereas if you... It's like if you try to do a movie now in 2021 and you don't give the female actress who's playing the part something meaty and you just make the story about the guys in the in the in the in the script it'll get people pissed off whereas then you could ignore the just let her be the wife let her make the food and let her look pretty and we can make a movie like that started to happen if you think about it that's when stallone was his biggest and that's when action movies were huge and things have slightly changed now you need to diversify a movie if you make up if you people know when you're a screenwriter now you have to diversify it even though it doesn't fit your story or it's going to be harder for you to sell. Yeah, yeah, that is true. You know that. You have to make, you have to put a, uh, a you know, you have to make somebody, uh, you know, transgender in, in the movie for no reason, just to help you sell it. It needs to have all these things in it. The same with, if you, you know, with a, with a, fe- a female Adrian script, is way easier to sell now than it was when Stallone's franchise was going is what I'm saying. The the other interesting thing, Mike, go ahead. Did you have something? I want, yeah, I wanted you because um, I, I want your take on this in the script. And this, I think is all coming back to what Joe said. Uh, I think I'm understanding. I think I'm bringing the, what he wanted to do, bringing it back together. In the script, you you would no, 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 it's it, it's funny because you sounded stupid talking that Adrian had no partners, but I'm going to help with this. So uh, Stacy's going to help with this. Um, Stacy, you wrote that we see Rocky's struggle, realizing it was all about him for so long. And now Adrian, mm, she wants to have her thing, the restaurant. And we see Rocky via your script go through that metamorphosis in his own head. Wait a minute. It wasn't it's not like I wanted it to be about me, but I it's the way things went. How can I now make it about Adrian? And then we see how he pulls up to an empty restaurant of uh, retail space and how he goes and gets the sign, has the sign made and all these things. So yeah. if you look at it that way, would you say that's a closer connection to what Joe's saying about how Adrian is bringing it back? Right. Well, I, I think a lot of Adrian's influence is actually seen through Stallone's, um, or I should say Rocky's, you know, um, lack of being able to train at 100% without her approval. And I, to me, that was the most endearing thing about them as a couple, that right. it really mattered what the other was thinking. Um, Adrian, and, you know, as you got into Rocky 3, 4, and 5, I, I mean, I love Rocky. I think the son you know, rises and sets on his head. But I think being married to him would be very difficult in that um, his his heart is bigger than his common sense. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah, and so she's yeah. going, it's suicide. You know what I mean? Right. And, and he he can't not do that fight. And and so I, I so I always kind of position myself like, oh, my God, how am I going to watch this fight? How how do I know he's not going to go down like Apollo? You know, I yeah. I can I can feel her fear. Um, and, and so I think what, what she went through, through his, his drive was also, um, difficult. Then the other piece is mine is personal and it has to do with, you know, women, um, 
I don't know if it's culture. I don't know why it happens, but you know, before, when you're a little girl, you have, I'm going to do this one day and I'm going to do that one day. And then you get married and you have children. And I don't, I don't certainly don't want to criticize those things because I wouldn't change a thing. You know, I, I, you know, uh, love being married and I, I love my daughter and I have a stepson. He's, he's a very smart boy, good boy. Um, but somehow everything that you dreamed about when you were 10, 11, 12, there's a big hold button, you know? And so for me, the Adrian part that's personal is that she has been part of Rocky's dream. She has been part of, um, supporting him and 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 that's all well and good but there was this little thing she always wanted to do just like there was this little thing I always wanted to do and you know and then your kids are finally grown up and my daughter's in college and my stepson you know got his own place and now you're like wait a minute you know I was a whole person before I was a mom before I was a wife and I still have not gotten to those things and so I wanted her to get to this but then of course I had to work in the existing storyline that she died of ovarian cancer. And to me, the biggest tragedy is finally getting to that point and then some health condition taking that away from you, you know? Right. And so, right. so his lesson is, Oh my God, she's been here making sure I have had everything I have ever wanted and everything I have ever dreamed of. And she's been such a huge part of my success and now she's losing her life and she may not get this. Right. You know, and so he is bound and determined to make sure yeah, yeah. that her dream that she has put on hold forever happens. Um, you know, and so that that's where I'm at. And that's when I, I I'm a writer. Like I said in my voicemail, I'm a writer who never writes. It's all up here. You know, I have six, seven storylines. I have storyboards. I got I got plenty, you know, full length film ideas. And I'm like, I got to get going here. You know, my, yeah. my daughter's in college, my stepson's moved on and I still haven't written this down. And it's just apropos that it's Adrian because, yeah. you know, the first time I realized, I remember being in Rocky four and looking up at the screen here, I am 13. And it said written and directed by Sylvester Stallone. And I was like, wait a minute. What? I, I knew he was the actor playing Rocky Balboa, but I didn't, realize all that and I lived in my head I was an only child so I was very isolated so you know just dreaming up stuff in my head is just what you did did you ever dress as Adrian no <laughs> <laughs> no all right we have to get you up to my level middle school I will say this there was once in middle school um a friend and I were gonna go out as Rocky yeah. and Adrian for Halloween and then he got in trouble and got grounded for for Halloween, so I didn't. That, I gotcha. that would have been my. Uh, that would have been awesome. Halloween. Yeah, my Adrian night. But anyway, so that didn't happen. But um, so oh, I lost my train of thought. But you know, I sorry, just, my fault. That was my bad. I shouldn't <laughs> have interrupted. I hate that. I hate when people do that. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um, I forgot what I was going to say, but you know, I just I wanted. The writing, myself, you had to, you had to get just, the writing I, out. You want it was getting later. You had to get the writing out. Yeah, you, need, yeah. you needed to put it out there. Now, right. I, I well, have, to interject, I mean, I guess it's obvious, but to people listening, it's not because they haven't read your script. But you took existing characters and almost told your story, except for the cancer. You're telling your story through their characters. You you stepping up to write is just like Adrian stepping, stepping up and up. opening a restaurant, yeah. you know. And yeah. um, 
like I want to know more, especially to fit our podcast from pretender to contender, mm. how long you had been writing and, and, and when did you realize you had a gift for writing and, and why were you, and, and how were you able to get to this far into your life without really putting any writing out there? Maybe, maybe you were, maybe you had journals. What, what were you doing yeah. your whole life? Yeah. So I have, I have journals back to high school and, and storylines. And what I was doing back then wasn't really script writing the way you do, you type in into final draft. It was more storyboards, you know, mm -hmm. and then in this scene, this happens. And then in that scene, that happens. So I have tons of that from high school. Very early on, I thought I would do go more music. I was going to save the world one three minute video at a time. <laughs> and so I wrote a lot of lyrics early on, you know, in the eighties. Um, and then, you know, the self-doubt is, is such a big deal. You know, you, you have an idea and you're excited about it. And then you talk yourself out of it before you do anything with were it. Were any teachers, that. were any teachers, were there any mentors at all growing up where someone said, Hey, you're a pretty good writer. Why don't you, uh, you should try to do this more. You have a, you have a talent. Was it ever sent to you? Um, in high school, I had an English teacher who told me I was a very good writer based on, you know, the homework or assignments that I would mm -hmm. pass in. And then I also had a Western Civ teacher in college say, wow, you, you really have a talent for writing. My parents have always said that to me. Um, Were you taking any creative writing classes in school? Not really. No, no. I, I have to be honest with you. I, I kept it to myself. I, I didn't really, I didn't tell people. I was very secretive about it because... So you're shy like Adrian a little bit. Yeah, too. I, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I was always like, what if it's not good enough? Or I, I had, I had so much written down, but I never shared it. And it, it kind of, it's makes me feel bad for my husband. Cause when we got married, it's like, he didn't have full disclosure really. And then, and then, because how do you go around saying, Oh, by the way, I'm going to write this script and Sloan's going to love it. And he's going to bully MGM and it's going to get done. And, you know, uh, you know, how do you say that without people going, Oh, sure. You know, cause my dreams were big. They were lofty. I, you know, I want him to love this. I, I would mm -hmm. love to see something be done with it. I don't know if that's possible, but you can't well, just say that without you know, people thinking you're crazy. You know what they say yep. about you know what they say about any creative field is um it would be like if you were an actor and you think you're gonna go play the lead and that's you know the only job you're gonna ever try to get. It's like I remember when I had a development deal with NBC and I moved to LA to live with the guy. Well, I didn't live with the guy, but I wanted to live in LA to help the writer create the pilot script for my supposed sitcom that I had a deal for. And he told me that his, and I noticed that you, if you went into his office, his screen saver said, sit down and write. Yeah. So like, you, it's just like Stallone where he sold the Rocky script. He walks in and he says, oh, I have this thing about boxing. When he said, I have this thing about boxing, you could tell that meant I got a lot of things. I got 10 movies I wrote, right? You know what I mean? So you got to keep, you got to keep writing and, and, and try to do original pieces, write television oh, sure. spec scripts. Like if you want to yeah. be a writer, you need a lot of writing there. Oh yeah. You're and not keep kidding. It going. Yeah. 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 I'm working on that. You spent your whole life in what uh, New Hampshire, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So and you moved around there or whatever. I mean, like you don't live in the same house you were raised in, right? No. no. Okay. 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 Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering when you were, how old were you when you first wrote something 
in a journal, a, a school book report, something like that? Um, I would have to say middle school. Okay. It, it, and it was it was really around the time that uh, Rocky Four came out, and it it's a very small moment. But when I did see when I was watching Rocky Four, and it said written and directed by Sylvester Stallone, that that sort of blew my little mind. That right. That I was like, this this guy wrote all this, and he directed it, and now it's four movies long, and. Yeah, because I had so much going through my head. It's um, funny. We do see that more now and you didn't see it back then. Now it's like, mm -hmm. well, not even maybe you don't see it. Like I'm thinking Quentin Tarantino, but he he's not he's not the lead of his movies. I'm like thinking right. of, he's directing and writing it. But but I think that was the whole point. I was like, he's doing everything. He's doing all of it. Yeah. yeah well, he's doing that all of it. Who else I can we think of that was that, Mike? Um. Uh, no one really think that there's the only nobody... other person I can think of is Woody uh, Allen Michael Jackson is Woody he... Allen. That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Michael Jackson Allen. would write his songs. He would choreograph right. songs. Michael he Jackson. Would, he would direct. He would do all of it. And Sylvester Stallone is doing all of it. So out of the eighties for me, I mean, I grew up in the eighties. I'm an eighties. Yeah, yeah. Those two were the two Stallone and Michael Jackson that were doing all pieces. And for a kid, an only child who lived in her head, which is where I was 90% of the time, my, my whole little reality and the way I interpreted the world, I was always inside my head. Yeah. And so now here I am in Rocky Four, knowing that he wrote this, he's created this massive thing out of it. And I was like, you mean I can do something with all this stuff in my head? And I think that was the moment that it sort of opened up what my imagination could do let's think because of what year that was and how old you were i i, I can tell 1985 was, it was january 4th 1986 it was a saturday right, right. because it was my 13th birthday i was gonna say you're pretty young because i graduated high school in 85 so i was 17 you were 13 so you're yeah i was born in 73 january okay. 73 all right so you so now you're you've got this bug you've got this yeah writing bug attached to you when when you were in high school, does it start getting more and more like you come home from a, a, a I don't know, football game or a, a movie or whatever, a day out and you start journaling? You're journaling yeah. more and more at this yeah. point. So my earliest storylines, I have one from 89 um, and it's sort of like a, a rookie cop, um, seasoned cop yeah. idea and how, you know, their relationship and how in the end it's the rookie cop that, yeah. you know, saves the day for the right. for the. Um, for the season cop and then i have another one that's sort of like a um if you took jason Bourne and rambo and put them in a blender it would be it would be that sort of thing um right um and so you know i those are the two biggest ones the most full-length things i wrote in uh high school that was in 89 and then uh 90 right around rocky five time frame um did you always wonder what would have happened in between? I call it the in-betweens. When you're watching a Rocky movie, do you ever say to yourself, what would have happened if this one scene extended? Like, oh, yeah. Like oh, Paulie yeah. in Rocky three after he beats up the pinball machine. <laughs> right. What would that look like when the police are arresting him? Yeah. Right? Oh, my what gosh, does that yeah. scene look like? Right. Do you yeah. think that way? Because I think. That oh, yeah. Way. Okay. Oh, yeah. Just the whole. Uh, would you would you mind marrying me very much? I would have. I would have had so much fun with, I would have continued sure. that scene. Um, you know, 
like to make it more playful. I would have had sure. her go what? So he that could be a that could be a funny again. Yeah, yeah. And Mike, that could be that could be funny for your social media to extend a, extend Rocky. It's called extend Rocky extensions. They're like yeah. the, the next part idea. that you never saw. You know what we yeah. could do? What if it was Rocky took place in the time of COVID and I would be asking to marry Adrian, you play Adrian, and then we'll try to do it over Zoom and we'd be what? like talking over each other, right? And then like Rocky doesn't get sometimes so he'll keep the mask on, you know, because he, yeah. he, he loves Adrian so much he doesn't want to infect her. Right. And because he hears these terms viral video and all that. So you don't right. want to oh, get you. It'll be literal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be funny. But see what you're doing right now. Like my mind, like your mind just goes like you yeah. just keep the storyline. I can do that. You could say cup of coffee and I yeah. could, I could make a storyline around and it. I, you and know what I mean? I can, and that's I what Joe go. does. That, that's yeah. what Joe does as a comedian. You take yeah. these funny things in your life, right, Joe? And then you, you just blow them up on steroids. You just start going and then they start to, yeah, they start to turn into little pieces of things. And then you redo the pieces and then you keep building onto the pieces each time you get on stage. But Stacy, I guess, because I I don't know, I'm, I don't know what you would call the way I think, but I'm also (laughs) connecting a little bit and, and it's interesting to me. And I think all of us out there who are watching right now should think as parents because um, I knew this came up in therapy a lot when I started therapy, you know, how you're and and, and we Mike and I talk about a lot about Rocky and Stallone mentioning unrealized dreams. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's so interesting to me that if somebody doesn't meet that person in their life to realize their dream or or to notice it, like if the parents aren't going, oh, our daughter, like you have to be a curious parent to find out if your kid (coughs) likes to write. And if they do, you have to put them in the places so they can excel at what they love to do. So was there curiosity? Did they, did your mom or dad, were they writers? Did they notice that you liked writing or did you keep it secret from them too? I, I did. Honestly, I, um, I can't stress to you how big of a force the self-doubt has been. Wow. In my life. I, I, I can't even express that to you. It's, um, and you've been married I, twice, I, right? I haven't. Yeah. So, I am married and I, uh, and the husbands never knew either. Uh, no, my first husband did not know. He knew my first husband knew about my love of music and lyric writing, but as far as full length stories and full length movie features, no, he didn't know that. And my and, husband now, Kevin, he did not no until a few a couple of years ago when was it when was it coming out in your life and hurting you in any ways that there was this thing you really wanted to do and you weren't doing was it making oh, you depressed that, oh discontent my friend the one word is complete and utter discontentment and i think did i say that on the recording when you guys first um, no, no. started this and and i played it discontentment is is such a hollowing feeling and the longer I put it off, the louder it became. I remember saying that in, in, in my voicemail. Do you know where that discontent came from? I'm sounding like a psychologist now. Why why were you so insecure? Do you know? Was it pinned why? to something? Oh my gosh, I don't know if we have enough time for that. I don't I don't know why. I've I've asked myself that because my parents were very supportive people. They, you mm-hmm. know, 
mom wanted me to be a nurse. You know, her, her biggest thing was if something ever happened, you could, you know, feed yourself and take care of yourself. And, and, and she was right. And I did that. And there well, was a time when I was divorced, I thank God I had my nursing because, you know, I was single for that time and I, I needed to have that. Um, uh, you know, my dad's going to be 86 in a, in a week here and my mom is going to be 80 at the end of the, so I think their perspective is, um, was more like survival, <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't want to make them seem ancient, but you know, like it was, I don't know if they were, well, my mom was a dancer though. So she had that creative piece. The one interesting thing about both my parents is they can write. My dad is a beautiful writer. He's funny. It just, when he writes a letter, but he's never done like creative writing, right. not a professional writer. a letter or, and then my mom, when she writes a letter, like if, if somebody's going through something or somebody just had a loss, like she'll have me read something she sends. And I'm like, mom, that's beautiful. You should be writing for Hallmark. You know, she writes. Yeah. So they right. actually both have that. So it's they have not an instinct. It's an instinctual right. thing. Yeah. That's what I remember hearing Jerry Seinfeld once say that all comedians come from a funny parent and we yeah. just and we just decide to take the natural talent and make a profession out of it we're like right. oh he does it a little i'm gonna do it professionally right mm. and so i mean apple didn't fall far from the tree on that you know they both write very sentimentally and and so do i and of course i'm very motivated by a sentimental storyline that completely sucks me in which makes it no mystery i'm a rocky fan so um yeah. the I only wanna... thing your story is missing it's like if you think of any rocky movie or any movie my friend andres calls them you can do it movies yeah you know if you think about it every one of those movies has a character that comes in that helps them realize that they can do it and you know when you think about rudy you know he meets uh the part that uh i always call him rock because he played rock the guy who says you're five feet, nothing, a hundred, nothing. He gives him that whole. Speech. Yeah. Charles S. Dutton. Charles Dutton. Yeah. Every like in Stallone and Rocky doesn't have doesn't meet Mickey or Adrian. He's not going to really know he can do it. So it sounds like you well, had Stacey, to be, you had to be your own characters. She had to do it on her own. Yeah. You had to realize yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there, you know, there are not to get it because it's part of it's not my personal business to, to, um, talk about, but we, you know, we had, um, a couple scary things happen in the family. Um, uh, and we had a close call with my stepson, which was very, very scary. And that, that could have changed everything for us. Um, and that's the moment that, you know, in, in Rocky, you know, there is no tomorrow. Tomorrow is not a right, promise, right, you right. know, and that was a really hard lesson. And tomorrow is not a promise and everything could have changed today. And then my daughter, who's so much braver than I am, you know, cause she is a musician. She's at Belmont university. She's terrified, but she gets up there. And that's right. the biggest difference between her and I. And I'm like, I'm terrified. I'm terrified of everything. I don't dare mm. anything. And she dares everything, even if she's terrified. And I'm just like, oh, you know, so between what happened with my stepson and watching her be braver than me, it's like, Stace, it's time. It's time. It's been on the back burner. It's not even on the stove. Never mind the back burner. You know, you just you spend so much time working and taking care of family and your kids. And you it's like they had to be gone before I was like, oh, yeah, I had this whole thing that I wanted to do. And I just I need to know that tomorrow is not a promise and I need to be braver than did I you, 
Did you put some of that into Sheldon in in the character in in um, in in Adrian Balboa? Um, you mean in which one? Uh, the the Sydney. Um, Sydney Sheldon. Sydney, the, the, I just the saw volunteer. an ad for the yeah the volunteers. The volunteer. Yeah, yeah, I um, you know. Somebody had to, I mean, I love Mickey and when Mickey was gone, I missed him. And yeah, so I yeah. wanted some Mickey esque sort of influence uh, right. someone who would get through to him. Um, and, you know, somebody had to say, you're not winning this fight. This right. is not a fight you can win. Mm. And you are, you need to let her decide that, you know, <laughs> chemo is horrible. And then to, you know, then to have chemo, not do what you hope. And then you go into some trial you know, some sort of trial, um, yeah. for treatment. It, it's like the, the chemo and that treatment alone, it can, can, uh, you know, it's like, you need to decide how you want to spend the rest of your life sick, mm -hmm. or do you want to spend the next six months, you know, more comfortable and, you know, not being miserable from treatment. Yeah, so, right, right. because it's like, what are we fighting for here? And that's the sad thing about ovarian cancer. And I think my other, as a nurse, my other hope, was to bring a little attention to to ovarian cancer because the you know the famous cancer is breast cancer you know and, and yeah you know and we in the research that's been dedicated to breast cancer i feel like so much more could be dedicated to ovarian cancer because that's a devastating diagnosis it it, it it's sad to say but it's not about are you dying or not it's how long can we keep you alive because yeah you know you, it, it's it's devastating so i mean just they don't even have an early detection just having early detection for ovarian cancer could you know cut the deaths down by a drastic amount a, a tremendous amount so you know i would love to you know just from my professional standpoint feel like sure. it'd be nice for for some of that attention um to be on ovarian cancer and how devastating it really is but you know i wanted and the, the other thing is the only, this will be the only Rocky movie without a fight in it, like a, a, yeah. a fight in the ring. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of think that's the point because I do want it to be about Adrian. She's not a boxer. I do want it to be a, about women's dreams and the fact that you do put things on hold for 20, 25 years while you're trying to keep your family together. Um, and then I want him to focus on something that was hers that he didn't, no, why? Yeah. She never told him, just like I never told anybody. So there's definitely, you know, parallels going on. And it's so funny because as I'm writing, I'm figuring out that's me, you know, yeah, like how long I waited. And I always was kind of curious well, why would Rocky end up opening a restaurant? Like, I don't, my God, you might know that. Like, like I don't know if Rocky. I was always pictured Rocky just, you know, until he retired, he'd be training in the gym. You know what I'm saying? And then so to find him in Rocky Balboa right. running a restaurant, I was like, how, why would he arrive upon that sort of. So I was very inspired by Jack Dempsey's in New York City. Have you ever heard of Jack Dempsey's restaurant? Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. There hasn't been around for a long time, but in Jack Dempsey's Jack Dempsey, the fighter would go from table to table and he would tell old fight stories uh, And on the back wall was a massive painting of jack dempsey fighting yeah right one of those okay. outdoor rings and so yeah. stallone went there as a kid my father went there as a kid and uh so it, it it made sense um where could rocky he can't spend all his time at the cemetery 
right. that, that's too morbid. So what yeah. would be a scenic thing? And originally it wasn't supposed to be called Adrian's. It was supposed mm-hmm. to be. I remember when Sly told me this story. Originally, it was going to be called like like Rocky's Rocky's Bar and Grill. It was going to be more like a sports bar. It would have right. been loud with pool tables and screen, uh, big, big screen TVs all over the place. And he ran into a problem. He, uh, originally, Adrian was very much alive in Rocky Balboa mm. and he had a problem. He says, nobody's going to come see Rocky fight at 59 years old. He, it doesn't matter how he looks, how Sylvester Stallone looks. Mm. Nobody's going to believe a 59 year old boxer is going to fight a 30 year old champion and have a chance, which he was basically right. So he said to himself, what am I going to do? And then Burt Young and he and Stallone had discussed it and they decided to kill off Adrian. That would be this emotional thing. So now he's going to go to the cemetery. The whole movie, I'm going to be at a cemetery. That's so depressing. And, you know, there were rumors that they were Talia Shire was going to be alive in the beginning of it, where she was going to be in the hospital bed and they go on a tour and she drops dead in Rocky's arms as he's holding her in front of the pet shop. Right. And, and the main reason Sly, Sly told me the main reason they went right to the grave was there was no money in the budget for anything. They, I mean, they only had $26 million. Now, just to put that in perspective, $26 million, it, Rocky two in 1978 was given an $18 million budget in 1978. In 2006, it, Rocky Six was get Rocky Balboa was given twenty six million dollars. Wow, it's only a couple of dollars more, really. Yeah. When you think about it. So right. if you twenty six million dollar movie is really a a, a thin budget. So that th- those are just some of the. Without me going too deep into it, um, the one thing I wanted to touch base before before we let you go, Stacey, and I, I know maybe Joe's got some more stuff for you. I wanted to know um, how you came at the Rocky and Rocky Jr. discrepancy. They were no longer home team as we saw them in Rocky Five, And then in Rocky Balboa, we see that there's a, a divide there. And then, of course, it's all fixed up by the end of Creed Two, which was great. How did you come to that? Why did you decide to put that in there? Hmm. Um, I'm not a thousand percent. I mean, they just, you know, there's that tension um, between them. I think, you know, Tommy Gunn, it's funny because you and I actually talked about this. Mm. Rocky Five is two different movies going on. When you're watching it at 17 and in the theater, your favorite scene is, you know, Tommy Gunn getting a skull beat into the ground. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And, and so that that's like, and then when you're uh, fast forward to 3032 and you're, you know, looking at a divorce and you're fighting all the time with your ex and you're barely paying attention to your kid. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole different movie because right. so now and then that scene where he's like, I'd love to hang out with you again. When he says that to Robert, it's like mm. I remember looking at my daughter going, I'm losing her. Yeah. And I'm fighting for this relationship that and we're not getting into that today, but there are just things that we're not going to fix about that. Right. right you know, right. and so I remember specifically seeing Rocky Five again all those years later, watching the relationship. Yeah. And just. I'm like, I'm, I'm making a choice here and I'm picking her. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. um, and, and so, so you put a little bit of your own autobiography. Yeah. Into, I mean, you made it a, a Rocky Adrian yeah. world, of course, but you did take mm-hmm. something from your life and then mm-hmm. you spun it for the correct fitting of the movie. Right. And okay. I think, I think it's funny because when you read the scenes where a, where, um, Robert's saying things, I mean, yeah. you can, you could, the actor could act that very angry, you know what I'm saying? Or very, I, 
I don't picture him being that angry. I think I think Adrian and Robert are more close than Robert and Rocky. Yeah. And I think he's wild about his mother and he loves his mom. I think he's protective of his mom. Do you and see I Milo think- as Rocky Jr. or do you have another actor in mind? Oh no, I always see Milo. Yeah, I know, me too. <laughs> I, I know. I totally. Um yeah, <laughs> I you know, and so I see him protective of her and wanting wanting right. to be like, Mom, but what do you want? You know what I'm yeah. saying? So you know, I don't it, the lines can come off with a lot more sarcasm than I actually picture in my head. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. Um, I picture the tension between them being there, but not like super intense. You know what I'm saying? Cause I don't, I don't want them to be at odds with each other, but they do have that history. Yeah. So I just, I wanted to preserve that a little bit and especially, especially, you know, it's like, dad, you're not the only one losing her. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, and that whole scene, you know, outside the gym when he was getting mad, you know, and, and then here, Robert's the one taking care of the gym. The iron, I wanted that irony where Robert, yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert to take care of the gym. Um, and, and that I made your mom a promise and, you know, I, I have to go, this yeah. was her dream. She's been there for my dreams my whole life. I have to make sure if she's not here to complete this, I am going to complete this for her. Well, um, I told you on the phone, Stacey, and we've had several conversations that have gone probably an hour each. And <laughs> and uh, I told you after I, I read it, I was in such an emotional state. Um, I, I cried several times um, at different parts reading it. Mm-hmm. But because they affected one, I'm so profoundly attached to the Rocky world. That's number one. Number yeah. two, I love the in-betweens. I love seeing what we didn't see. Someone's interpretation of it, which I think yours is just spot on. But number three, the other thing that I think took me to the to the emotional crying level was, you know, what I went through with uh, my wife in yeah. December of 2019, when she had brain surgery and yeah. there was a definite issue on the table where something went very wrong and she she came very close to dying and maybe she should have i mean it, it was a miracle she made it through there but the yeah. doctor was a girl so yeah. you you as i'm reading this script i'm seeing how my life could go very differently yeah i could have gone quite the other route and right. uh i you begin to realize i mean i've always realized for quite some time how the best lessons I've learned in my life come from women and specifically my wife. So I think that's one of the, the main things that that has really sewn me into that, that your script, which which yeah. I love. Yeah. Um, Thank you. So. It was fun. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I'm like typing. I'm like, Whoa, I'm like crying. You probably were right. Yeah. You know, especially when she's in the mirror. I think, you know, right. When right. she's looking in the mirror and she's losing her hair and mm-hmm. you know you get so skinny and you just you don't even look like you anymore yeah, and, yeah. and i remember i actually because you know i'm a nurse so i know i know physicians and i spoke right. to an oncologist and i said i i have this script i told him what i was doing come to find out he's a huge rocky fan so no. we had a ton of fun well, talking about those scenes because i said you know i want to make sure i'm medically accurate with everything and, yeah, right, and so he right. spent a lot of time with me um and he said you know he goes if there's anything i would include is the fact that not only does she feel like she doesn't recognize herself, but he feels alienated from her. Yeah, like he yeah, doesn't yeah. even look like his his sweet Adrian anymore. You know, she looks. Yeah. You know that that uh, chemo effect is horrible. And so oh, I know I know what I want to ask you. It just popped back in my mind. Yeah. All right. So, um, the inspector. <laughs> okay, are you giving a message? Are you just using it as filler or is it more of a slight comedic, slight 
challenge hurdle. What's okay. the intent? Because I really like that. Right. So, so there are rules. Okay. So when you're, I, I took this, it was a 60 day class. It was 50 bucks. I'm like, I have so much to write down. How in the heck am I even going to get through this writing process <laughs> yeah, yeah. formally, formally to make it presentable, to make it look like, Hey, I'm, you know, I mean, you know, you're a rookie, but you don't want to look that way. Right. right. So, so it was by ScreenCraft, And so it was 60 assignments and they promised you, but by the 60th assignment, you would have a full length script. And so I went through that. Then I listened to, you know, professional screenwriters and then the story structure and, and, you know, in the end, it looks like there has to be a home run and you need to throw in that last, you know, right. challenge, you know, so yeah, there's these yeah. rules by like by page 30, this has to happen, yes. by page 60, this has to happen. So I'm like, so there's this whole formula too, that I, I, when I got coverage, I was, you know, I didn't stick perfectly to the formula, but right. I, right whatever, you know, I just did my best with it, but I, you know, I did not have that last hurdle. And so, and I have a friend, Elena, who uh, opened and ran restaurants her whole life. And I said, what are the biggest challenges with opening a restaurant? And so we got into that conversation. I, nice. I went online, you know, you know, opening restaurant and, you know, and then I came across this article, the 10 mistakes that, you know, restaurant owners make and so i you know i yeah, i wrote yeah, that yeah. in because that would be he, he an inspector would have to come and say okay sure. here we go and so i just and rocky I, you know, gives I, him a free meal because he shows up at the grand right? opening <laughs> i love that rocky is he's so grateful that he signed off on the opening yeah. day of it that he gives yeah. the guy a free meal yeah i yeah. love so that. i just wanted him to be like ultra rigid you know Right. government rule policy guy you yeah, know what i'm saying yeah. so some so, foil yeah. a foil of some sort right right yeah. and so then i fulfilled yeah. my story structure rules <laughs> yes your screen your screen craft uh class would be proud yeah, be proud. yeah. joe yes. what do you what do you think about stacy you think stacy uh has been one of our uh best guests so far definitely definitely she's been she's been absolutely Thank fantastic you. i was I, I had one one more question, and um, one is, well, the main question. I'm curious if you've ever done a table read of your script and heard um, and heard it acted out loud. Did you ever get the pleasure of seeing any of it come to life by by actors? No, I um, I have done that, and it's funny you say that because part of screencraft and part of the assignment was to read it out loud and i that is so valuable because all this as you're reading it you're like that doesn't that's not natural that it wouldn't come out that way or or the pacing is wrong you know so i just doing that exercise myself um um uh, tailored some of my the dialogue um but no i have not had that that's really? you know that's also part of why i reached out to mike i'm like who else is gonna like go over my script with a fine tooth comb except mike i'm like mike, right. you have to read this because before but there's I a difference here, between there's a huge difference between yeah. letting one person read it and having a table read done where you have five or six actors playing all the parts and reading it out loud especially as a writer you know, I'm sure you've watched any of the making of any of the Rocky movies. You're yeah. watching Stallone walk around with a notepad. I mean, yeah. there's there's so much changing of the script that happens yeah. while they're while they're filming. Let alone a ta a table read. Mm. Right. You really need to you need to do it so you can uh, one. It's 
very pleasurable for a writer to get to see actors play the part because it it just yeah. brings it to life so much more when you see especially good actors when you see somebody who's really good you know yeah um because Mike and I had talked about trying to like put some people together to do like maybe a couple of the best scenes in your script yeah. uh, and so you could see it come to life it would be oh. really fun to do that for you that would oh my gosh that well I mean that's like the next natural step I would love yeah. oh my god yeah. that's but I don't know who we up. could get to play Rocky that's the hard part hmm. I don't know who we would I'm get. wondering who would do that <laughs> WTF you know I, I, I had an idea about that um what if what if joe and i switched off what if joe did a couple reads as rocky i did a couple reads as rocky then joe plays paulie then yeah. i play paulie wouldn't that be cool <laughs> that would be awesome because because joe and i have different takes on those characters and i think right. that would be funny and i think joe, i don't have any actor friends but well, joe do. does and maybe maybe joe could could we could look at some people and and do like a little a little interview and bring you in for like a a, a zoom right and then together we could make this and put it out there maybe we bring in one of our one or two of our talented patreon uh subscribers who, who has some acting i know one of the people that pushes our podcast more than even i do kevin cernier i mean yes, kevin. this guy yeah. He's taking an ad out on the Empire State Building about our podcast. It's crazy. <laughs> Literally, yeah. He paid, he blew he he bought a 50-foot blow-up gorilla and he attached them and the gorilla is holding a giant banner that says <laughs> from pretender to I mean, Kevin, he's, he's a it. great guy. He really is a great guy. What so a great guy. He, yeah. He's fantastic. He he promotes us so much. I I really appreciate him. So anyways, would you be up for the table read and kind of I don't know, going over this and what do you of think? course. Are you kidding? Of course. I mean, that, this is, you know, I got it done. I sent it through coverage and I'm like, I have to send it to Mike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. To say that you, I got it all it. right. All my facts. Yeah. Right. Do, yeah. do you want to do you want us to pick the scenes that we think speak to us the most that we want to do? Or do you want to pick them out? Oh, you know what? How about a, a combination? I'll tell yeah. you the ones that because uh, I want to, you know, I want to hear. Yeah, sure. What to I hear think it. I love is. is you know, you might be like, oh, but what about this scene? I, I'm so curious what speaks to both of you. So I'm. I'm yeah. Well, it's hard because when you do do a, a scene and you want to read it out loud, mm. especially mm. on a podcast, mm. we don't want to do a scene with like six people in the room. And there, there are a, there are a lot of scenes with a lot of people, but you want to do the smaller scenes with two to three people. So, so keep that in mind when the, you're picking. A lot of the scenes are more visual than there is dialogue. You know what I'm saying? Just especially yeah. the one with Adrian in front of the mirror, that'd be tough to do just because so much of what happens there is her, yeah, her yeah, appearance. Yeah. But um, well, I like this. Like I like this idea. And I think what we should do, I think we should do uh, have one of these sessions where we shoot ideas yeah. and then we get it set down. And this could happen very, very quickly. That'd be great. <laughs> This is not like the monstrosity Joe and I are working on off working on this other project. And we're just now, I think, trying to get our zoning in on it. But right. I think this could happen very, very, very quickly. And I'm really excited uh, yeah. for it. That's great. So, I, I, I can't tell you how grateful I am. I just it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's that's a, such a fun idea. So thank you. Stacy, anything you want to uh, uh, talk about, you want to promote, where can people find you? Uh, do you want to be found or are you just low key on social media? <laughs> Tell us. I'm um, it's funny. My Instagram account is had me at yo. 
So um, that's where I am. People can find me at had me at yo with the underscores in between. Had me at yo. That's amazing. Had me at yo. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. That's crazy. I want to give Stacy a little assignment, Mike. and, and, and And she wants to say no, she can. Okay. But I'm always curious with writers because Mike and I are, you know, working on scripted things and and shooting things and using money to shoot things and stuff like that. And maybe the, um, you know, the, subs- the, the Patreon people here or even the listeners can put more money onto our Patreon to help us afford to make some of these scripted projects with with our listeners like you. Mm-hmm. Would you be up for this is just as spec and it can be it could almost be about what you'd want it to be about as if that's what a spec script is really so if you were to if if mike and i were to tell you write a five to seven minute you know that's like five seven pages yep episode yeah web series episode about Mike and I knowing what Mike does knowing what I do knowing our lives a little bit you could go watch some of my stand up my specials are on Amazon Mm -hmm. you you could create something that's five to seven minutes long and uh, just submit it to us as a spec would you I know it's a little bit of a pain to ask because we're not definitely saying we'll shoot it but there's a chance we're looking uh, oh. we're looking to shoot things so you know creative people i'd love i'd love it if you just you know wrote us something you know sure. that's, that's heartfelt it doesn't need to be funny it could be a little funny but a lot of you know a little bit of heart with mike and i and you sure. know you know mike's story and yeah. you know mine so go yeah. for it yeah no are you kidding me i would i'd be happy to have that assignment absolutely yeah yes i love she's it a, she's a trooper <laughs> i love stacy you can trooper. even be in it if you want yeah, yeah, definitely. Are you kidding? You look like a commercial jobs. actress, Stacey. Do people oh, tell you that all the time? You look like you could you. be in every commercial. Oh, thank you. I'm I'm thinking dial soap. Writing. She what? yeah, she looks like I, every mom on a commercial. Oh she great. Looks, <laughs> I, I'm thinking dial soap. I don't know why no, dial, yeah, soap. dial soap. Definitely. Dial soap. No, soap is good. So I'll take soap. Soap pays the bills. Yes, it does. <laughs> Stacy, thank you so much for thank being you, part guys. of this podcast. You've been you've been a lot of fun, thank and you. and I'm looking forward to our future projects together. Thank you, definitely. Have a great day, yeah. Stacy. Thanks for you uh, Thanks for doing the podcast. Thanks. Love it. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right, you know what that music means, Mike. Um, It's the last piece of episode seven, which is always our takeaway. And I think uh, we both took a lot away from Stacy's interview. At least I did. I don't know if you did. What what was your takeaway on that? Well, I I loved, you know, growing up, I always thought girls had it all together. But it turns out she has much self-doubt as anybody, as much as I did. And she finally found a way um after having kids and a career and whatever she started her writing career and i i you have to applaud that it doesn't matter how old you are never discard that dream maybe it maybe it's grown a beard maybe it's slightly bent over but you can shave and you can stretch out and get yourself back in shape and you can make this happen 
especially Make as it a, especially writing you can be any age it's the same yeah. with like actors comedians it's like you could start acting at 70 because it's like you can right. play play you're not <laughs> there's plenty of roles for 70 year olds you know what i mean yeah actually yeah, yeah, yeah. you're 100 if you feel like it um you know uh so yeah my, my takeaway was as a parent because when she said we talked a little bit in her uh interview about you know you have to get realized and i think as a parent that's your job to realize what your kids thing might be and that you need to be yeah. very you need to be curious about their life or your wife or your husband no like you, sh you if you're you're in a marriage and you don't know your wife's dream like no wonder i mean not to slam slam stacy but that's it doesn't surprise me that her first uh marriage ended in divorce because it's like that that he never he never questioned it he never asked he never needed to you, you yeah. want to really get to know the person you're with and like that's why some people don't get married that they're so afraid to like you got to be vulnerable in a in a in a in a marriage you know chris rock talked about it how it's, it can't be 20 your favorite comedian chris rock can't be 80 20 it has to be 50 50 and you should know their dreams so i i, I want to be a good dad and know what my son or daughter you know i don't want them to have i mean i guess if they want to have their own secret thing and keep it from me that's fine but i always try to ask like hey how was your day yeah. what do you like what, what what you know and to like I already know that my daughter is going to end up in some sort of artistic career. I can just tell. Oh. She just shows that um, that thing that creative people have. She has that. Right. She, she, you know, she's, she definitely beats to her own drum, and she's very commanding. Like, she's the one. All When her friends are over, they're just following her, and she's yeah. being odd, and they're just laughing at it. So, That's um great. So yeah, so that's that's basically what my takeaway is: is to uh, keep that curiosity going and keep it in the back of your head. Right, right. Be the guy well, that realizes something in somebody and and tell them because sure. every everybody's not getting that. Yeah, yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's true. Self doubt, like she said, is a very powerful uh, hesitant, and it's um, we we all got to get past it. And no, I can't it, wait to read what her you know her the assignment we gave her, what she's going to write yeah. about us. That'll be really cool. Yeah, I know. I'm excited about that. I, yeah. I, I'm glad. I'm glad you gave that to her. Uh, speaking of which, now we've got this table read coming up, and I think. You know, like I said earlier, we had a little something special for our Patreon subscribers. I think our Patreon people will get first dibs at maybe uh, auditioning for certain roles for this table read. So if you've ever wanted to be an actor or have an what it feels like to go through the, that process, you know, maybe, um, you know, you let us know. Once we know exactly what scenes we're going to do, we'll put a little notice up on Patreon first. We'll do our first casting call there, and then you know we'll open it up for whatever uh, whatever parts we need. Yeah, I know. and then everybody everybody will get to watch everybody on on YouTube everywhere. Yeah, it's a shame we can't turn it into a fundraiser, <laughs> raise some funds for making uh, some of these episodes we want to shoot and all the different things we want to make. But uh, I don't think we can do that to uh, not legally, to, not to Stacy's script. But if we write something and we want to do, yeah, if we want to do table reads to things. We we can always put them out there. I think. I think it'd yeah. be fun. Like I said, I was telling you in 
I, I, I even have been reaching out towards the acting stuff more from doing our podcast. And I, uh, nice. reached out, I reached out to an agent who I used to work with and he's going to start sending me on acting auditions. Now with COVID, you can, you don't even have to go there. I used to have to get on three right. trains. Now I yeah. can audition from my house. I'm like, fuck it. I'm in, I'm in. So, uh, and I even, um, started submitting myself to some some acting projects that uh come up on yeah. when you get the breakdowns through this uh this actor's access that I joined. But yeah, you got to uh I'm I'm feeling I'm, it. You're I'm punching. Keep, I'm keeping punching. punching. I do have this. That's what Thank I should you. just do. We're, next time we're rambling, I'm just going to put it on. Play it, like like Stern does. They just play him up, play Marianne off the stage. <laughs> play play us off. Anyways, thanks everybody for tuning in. Lucky number seven. And we got lots more coming at you. Some great ideas, some great videos. And uh, Joe, where can people find you? Uh, JoeMatterese.com. It has our podcast on it, the video and the audio. Uh, you got to go find that Facebook fan page and uh, just look up from Pretender to Contender and you'll find it on Facebook and, and like it and uh, feel free to communicate put videos on there we'll you we can use them on the yeah. show and anything you want to put up there talking to us and other people that are listening and watching and uh what else what else patreon.com forward slash from pretender to contender it's pretty easy joe i'll see you next week you i got plugging? nothing no plug no nothing no plugs for me nothing Find nothing, Mike on nothing. Cameo. He's doing like 70 of them a day. I'm sitting here on my ass. He's kicking my ass in Cameo. It's time for old Uncle Mike to go to the bathroom. <laughs> See you, everybody. Keep punching. Oh, yeah, wait. Keep punching. <laughs> oh, God. We're out of our minds. Later, guys.